What's up, y'all? I had the sleepy giggles today, which my husband hates, but I like see something that is like so extremely funny to me, and like I can't stop laughing at it. And so this is gonna be crazy. So I'm seeing this meme that said, "Sleep with your best friend for three hundred and fifty million dollars," and I was like, I can't like. And, and and it could be because I'm not a part of the community or whatever, but I can't um like sex with a woman is just it does it doesn't seem like it's real. I still my brain can't comprehend sex with a woman because there's no penetration, even if you're wearing like a dildo or whatever. So like say we get this three hundred and fifty million dollar offer to have sex, like I'd be for one I'd be laughing because it's really silly like to just be rolling around just feeling on each other I mean that's what you know and forgive me if I offend anybody but I just really don't understand how y'all having sex as women just don't in my heterosexual brain make any sense so let explain it to me I don't get it but needless to say I wouldn't be able to do it because I wouldn't be able to stop laughing um and so I probably wouldn't make it through it because first of all I need to understand how two women have sex it still makes no sense because sex from what I understand is for procreation purposes so I don't know not trying to be offensive just none of it makes sense to me um my husband he was not interested in doing it with his friend I tried to convince him because he just had a colonoscopy why not he didn't think that was funny and I just had like these giggles about it and he was completely ready for me to go to sleep but other than that I went to the gym with my son today I was tired but I forced to push myself through I definitely did that um news today is all about Trump and these mug shots these mug shots that his little crew took is some scary, scary stuff, man. They looked pretty creepy in those mug shots. Some of them are like see-through almost. Um, so yeah, eight Republican candidates took the stage today for the debate. Um, they're jockeying for the second place. Uh, multiple people would appear to have been shot at a biker bar in Southern California. Back to, to shootings again. Um, let's see. Twitter has suspended the shooter's account shortly after NBC News reported that it had been previously flagged. I guess that, oh, so the person that shot the lady over the pride flag, um, they had a Twitter account and Twitter finally suspended the account. A federal judge in New York this week dismissed a $25 million defamation lawsuit against Alec Baldwin about comments regarding January 6th. Dang, they was trying to get him for $25 million. Y'all just be filing all kind of lawsuits. That's why I'm like, I be hesitant to file lawsuits, but shoot, man. There's a listeria outbreak in a milkshake at Frugal's Burger Restaurant located in Tacoma. Dang, three dead after drinking them. Dang, man. Can't even have a milkshake in a hot sun. Dang. That's a messed up way to go, too, man. Thinking about to get a nice milkshake. Because when you get a milkshake, it's like, 
you know, for me, it's almost a medicine. Because it's cold, it's, you're ready, and then boom, it kills you. What the heck? Let's see. Pretty much comments about the Republican debate. Peloton lost a lot of subscribers. Um, I don't think that Sex in the City episode helped. The new, the opening of Just Like That or whatever opened up with Big pretty much dying after he got off of a Peloton. I don't think that helped them out. And I would not be surprised if the writers didn't try to sue for that. Because that was kind of like, you know, you're working out on a Peloton and boom, you kill over let's see and I'm not gonna I'm gonna try to stop saying then boom because it's like the new thing everybody says and now it's starting to get stuck in my brain Lizzo's lawyer says singer plans to countersuit after surface photos show backup dancers smiling with adult performers in Paris so you know they gonna hit back with all their proof um I think it'll end up being a settlement out of something and Lizzo I mean she's back posting again she has her comments turned back off but she's she's coming out you know she's she's getting back into her old habits so we'll see thieves stole wigs from a Beverly Hills shop that serves cancer patients that's pretty messed up Experts suggest people with high health risk should start back wearing COVID masks. There, keep saying another lockdown might be on the way. Have you ever broken up with someone because you didn't get along with their family? Absolutely. Especially people that are very involved in their family. Like, they like to have family dinners and stuff. Mm-mm. I ain't got time to battle. I'm not dating everybody. Yeah. I got some story times tonight, so I'm not gonna yap too long. Kevin Hart is back in a wheelchair after muscle tears. He was racing an NFL running back. Kevin Hart like gets hurt every year and he said he swears he's gonna sit down somewhere but I'm like Kevin you got so much money bro like you can like buy some kind of robotic suit and do all kind of other things without harming your body R. Kelly has 500,000 garnished from his royalties payback for his victims I didn't know he had that much royalties Yeah. Someone did a fake AI of Offset cheating on Cardi B and Cardi is suing them. And then I know Nicki Minaj, somebody swatted her home and they caught the person that was doing that. So a lot of these rappers about to put some of y'all in jail with your little ways. Let's see what Reddit got going on.
men who pay for premium premium dating apps why why men significantly more matches after having paid for the app women don't need to spend a dime but they have to weed through their matches when the men are lucky to get one honestly because i found swiping too fun a game and was annoyed at the arbitrary limit the extra super likes and account boost nonsense that came as part of it consistently got me more matches too some even spoke to me the reality is most dating apps have a large majority of male users most of whom tend to be straight or bi looking for women when we're looking for men we usually go on gay specific ones so even if everyone had the same amount of game and equally good looks the guys will still have the odds stacked against them in my opinion dating apps are a scam bad for everyone involved men get no matches because of the ratio is against them women get swamped with creeps and unsolicited d pics and anyone else often have that opinion but if you insist on using them it might be worth to pay to have a paid they said and then here are some statistics 66 percent of dating app users aren't even single your your success rate is 0.33 at best 70 percent of dating app users feel depressed after using them 44% users don't feel good enough for the people they match with. 27% women using the dating app only as an ego boost. 44% of users want a casual hookup and 39% of users feel unwanted. And that is from depressing stats of all that. Yeah, man. It's hard because dating and per- meeting in person and as much as we're overworked or not leaving our homes due to COVID or whatever, I don't know how you really go about meeting nobody these days. Is confidence really attractive? Yes, but there is a difference between confidence and cockiness. Somebody said confidence is attractive, but so is humility. Find a sweet spot between both. I agree. Question for women. Men, what physical traits attract you in women? For me, it's a nice butt shape. Medium big butt, good sized breasts. I realize these are high standards. What attractive traits can I offer women to balance this? What do you mean those are high traits? People buy that stuff down. Somebody said that's not how it works. Yeah, you can just order people up on a plaza, plat, platter. Who are more protected in society, men or women? As a woman, I would definitely say, I would say women, but to an extent. Like, it's it's like 50-50. Because men are kind of like, you're out there thin for yourself. Where women are kind of coveted, but it's still dangerous being a woman. A lot of people are saying that's a loaded question, definitely. Let's see what else we're talking about on this Reddit. What's something that happened on a first date that made you decide against a second date? Shh. 
I mean, for me, it could be so many things, but I'll always go back to this dude that, like, wore a tank top and he had, like, the hairiest armpits and he put his arm around me and his armpit was on my shoulder. It was so disgusting. So definitely, like, anything bad hygiene or if you catfish, we'll never see each other again. Somebody, uh, yeah, this happened to me too. Uh, He took it out. See, this happens to a lot of women, but yeah, they take out their wiener. He leaned across and said, I'm out. I said, excuse me, for some reason, my first thought was out of the closet. He said, out under the table, looking under the table, and like an idiot, I looked. Then he said, that's what you do to me. I said, this is what you do to me, and I left. I don't know what it is about y'all dudes flashing. Y'all either got to send pics of your thing or flash. It's so strange. He tried to change my order with the waitress because I didn't order what he recommended. Whoa. Yeah, get out and block that dude. A picture up and she asked me if she could st- if we could stop by her mom's house so she could run in and grab something. I said, sure, made the stop. She went inside. Five minutes later, she comes out hustling towards the car with a car seat and her mom chasing after her yelling. She opens the door and throws a car seat, which now I see has a baby in it and starts yelling at me to drive. I freaked out and just turned my car off and took the keys out the ignition. Her mom called the cops and they came and questioned all of us for a goal. Turned out she had lost custody due to drug use and was trying to use me as a way to get her kid back. We never made it to dinner, just went home after the cops left. That's wild. Went to dinner with a girl who I've been crushing on for quite some time. It seemed to be going well, and we ended up back at her place watching a movie or something. Out of nowhere, her boyfriend, of whom I was not aware, came back from out of town and stopped in unexpectedly. He and I had a super awkward conversation for a few minutes. Then the two of them disappeared into the other room for a minute or two. She came back and said something to the effects of, I don't have a place for you. I'm sorry. I just kind of got out of my car and drove home. One of the strangest feelings I've ever felt at some point a few minutes into my journey. I couldn't contain myself and busted out laughing. You should be laughing because you could have got killed, dude. I mean, the whole thing is laughable, but also crazy. All right, let's get into these story times. Let's see here. Julie had that. People have been charged in the murder of a mother in Sheltonham. She was shot earlier this month while sitting in a Dunkin' drive-thru. The district attorney is calling this crime a cold-blooded killing. This is the story of Rachel King, a 35-year-old devoted mother and beloved teacher at Grover Elementary School in Philadelphia. Rachel never could have imagined the danger that awaited her one fateful morning as she waited in her car with her 11-year-old son in the backseat. Little did she know, her usual stop for a morning coffee would turn into a nightmare beyond comprehension, and her life would come to a tragic end in the most unexpected and horrifying way. Welcome to Viral Crimes. Subscribe and hit the bell icon for more stories. This story takes us to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Philadelphia, often referred to as the city of brotherly love, is the largest city in the state of Pennsylvania. Rachel King's journey as an educator began in 2014 when she joined Grover Cleveland Mastery Charter School, located in a lively neighborhood in Philadelphia called Tioga Nicetown. Everyone looked up to Rachel. She was known for being really nice and caring to her students, and she worked really hard to help them succeed. The students loved her and saw her as more than just a teacher. She was like a shining star that inspired them and got them excited about learning history in their 7th and 8th grade classes. 
Rachel was the mother to an 11-year-old son Jalen, she was a single mother raising her son on her own. Rachel poured her love and energy into being the best mother she could be. In her Facebook posts, she proudly documented the birth of her child on October 7, 2011, a date etched forever in her heart. However, life is never a smooth ride, and Rachel's heart would soon be tested by a tumultuous relationship when she fell for William Hayes. But what began as a promising romance turned sour when William cheated and was involved with another woman named Julie Jean. When Rachel discovered the painful truth Williams decided to break up with Julie. However, Julie Jean was not ready to let go. In a disturbing turn of events, she resorted to incessant texting, calling, and even harassment against both Hayes and Rachel. The situation escalated to such an extent that Hayes had to seek protection from Julie through a restraining order. Consumed by rage and jealousy, Julie decided to take revenge on the woman who stood in her way. Julie's thirst for vengeance led her to a sinister plot to murder Rachel. Julie reached out to Zaki Stephen Al-Hakim, the cousin to the father of her children. Together, they plotted and conspired to carry out a cold-blooded murder. Their sinister plans were exchanged through text messages, leaving a chilling digital trail of their deadly plan. Among these messages was a haunting screenshot of Google Maps, pinpointing the exact location of Rachel's apartment. On the morning of April 11, 2023, Rachel was taking her 11-year-old son, Jalen, to violin class. A seemingly ordinary trip to a Dunkin' drive-thru would soon turn into a nightmare that would haunt young Jalen forever. In the blink of an eye, Zaki, with a heart as cold as ice, approached the driver's side door of Rachel's vehicle, and shot her multiple times in front of her son, leaving Rachel lifeless in the driver's seat. Jalen, innocent and helpless, watched in horror as his beloved mother was taken from him in the cruelest way imaginable. The motive behind this cold-blooded killing raises haunting questions about the extent to which jealousy and hatred can lead people to commit unthinkable acts of violence. In the aftermath, officers found six 9mm fired cartridge casings scattered on the ground, a haunting reminder of the terror that unfolded just moments before. Witnesses described a black male, with a slight build, driving a light-colored sedan, possibly a Ford or a Mercury, heading east after the shooting. Further investigations revealed that the suspect had strategically parked his car just a few feet away from the drive-thru. Approaching Rachel's vehicle on foot, he unleashed a hail of bullets without uttering a single word, a chilling indication of the ruthless intent behind this act. Montgomery County DA, Kevin Steele, minced no words in condemning this heartless murder, calling it a targeted murder of a mother. Saying, this cold-blooded killing of Rachel King was a targeted murder of an innocent person, planned by these two defendants, and horrifically carried out in front of King's son, it is a tragic killing of a good person, all because of an ended affair. The assailant had stalked Rachel in the days leading up to the fateful day, waiting outside her residence. Cell phone evidence further painted a disturbing picture, linking Julie and Zaki to the crime in a web of incriminating messages and images. Julie had added Zaki's phone number under an alias, Za, concealing their sinister intentions. A photo of Rachel, held by a woman identified as Julie, was taken just minutes after Zaki shared his real-time location with her, creating a chilling timeline of events. In the aftermath of the murder, both Julie and Zaki attempted to erase evidence of their involvement in the murder, frantically deleting texts from their cell phones. But law enforcement managed to recover the damning communication, exposing the chilling details of their cold-blooded plan. On the day of the murder, authorities said Julie sent Zaki a message on Cash App with a payment of $5, with an emoji message that is interpreted to mean link up, message me, no phones, that's it.
In the wake of the horrible tragedy of Rachel King's murder, the wheels of justice began to turn. Philadelphia police were swift in their pursuit of the suspects, determined to bring those responsible to account for their heinous actions. As the sun set on that dreadful day, the law enforcement's keen eyes spotted the Mercury Sable, the vehicle allegedly driven by Zaki. When officers bravely attempted to halt the suspect's escape, a wild chase ensued, with Zaki zigzagging through the streets at breakneck speed. The desperate attempt to flee came to a crashing end as the Mercury Sable collided with a fence on 16th Street, leaving chaos and destruction in its wake. In the aftermath of the chaos, Zaki was taken into custody, but his alleged reign of terror didn't stop there. Shockingly, investigators linked him to an unrelated murder, the fatal shooting of 36-year-old James Chris Farrell Jr., just days before Rachel's tragic death. The evidence piled up, and the pieces of the puzzle began to fall into place. Addie Farrell, Chris's mother, expressed a bittersweet relief at the knowledge that Zaki was behind bars, bringing some sense of closure to her family's painful ordeal. I'm at ease because I know where he is, and I don't have to worry anymore, said Addie Farrell, Chris's mother. Then, the fact this young man is in jail, and it kind of brought some closure. The new National Integrated Ballistic Information Network, Nibin, machine proved crucial in linking the two murders, revealing that both crimes were committed with the same weapon, a 9mm handgun. As the investigation unfolded, a photograph of a ghost gun was also found on Zaki's cell phone. The sinister mastermind behind the chilling plot has been apprehended. Julie Jean, 34 years old, now faces the weight of justice, charged with first and third degree murder, along with conspiracy. Breaking on CBS News Philadelphia, police call it a cold-blooded killing. Two people have now been arrested in the murder of a teacher and single mother who was killed in front of her young son. Police have arrested Zaki Al-Hakim and Julie Jean. They say Rachel King was targeted by them in a conspiracy. Investigators say Al-Hakim and Jean plan to conspire to murder King, who was the longtime girlfriend of a man named William Hayes. Prosecutors say Jean and Hayes had an affair back in 2022. After Hayes broke it off, the DA says Jean continued to harass both King and Hayes. And then police say Al-Hakim and Jean conspired to murder King. All right, the facts of this case and how these two defendants conspired and planned for nearly two months to kill Rachel King is truly disturbing. It was a cold-blooded killing, a targeted murder of an innocent person planned by these two defendants and horrifically carried out in front of King's son. Among the evidence recovered, prosecutors say, is a photograph of a gun, also a map of the victim's apartment. The prosecution's case is built on a trail of evidence, painting a disturbing picture of Julie's alleged involvement in plotting with a hitman to end Rachel King's life. Meanwhile, Zaki Stephen Al-Hakim, 33, the alleged gunman, finds himself behind bars, held in the confines of the Curran Fromhold Correctional Facility in Philadelphia. He too will face charges of first-degree murder, conspiracy, and related crimes. Rachel King's boyfriend lovingly praised her as a dedicated mother pursuing a master's degree and principal certificate. CEO Gordon conveyed the school district's heartbreak, calling Rachel the heart of the community. She was there for me always, student Salim Gary told CBS in the wake of King's death. Yeah, it was a tough day here at Grover Cleveland School today where uh, Rachel King... Sad. What's up?
up everybody all right you guys so before we get started as always if you're not already following me make sure you hit that follow button and y'all let's get into this very tragic story now let me start off by saying this this story is literally still developing so there are a lot of details that have not been released so on monday august 14th a 24 year old by the name of shaniqua charnay smith was found laying in a yard in new rose louisiana so shaniqua had been shot she was later transported to the hospital where she sadly passed away now shaniqua's family and friends on facebook describe her as a light they're saying that she was so fun to be around and she always wanted to have a good time now shaniqua had a very promising and fulfilling life and she was loved by everyone around her so this story takes a very dark turn because after shaniqua was killed it was revealed that her girlfriend was a person of interest Police have named a woman by the name of Marion Mae Williams as a person of interest in the murder of Shaniqua Smith. But y'all, the crazy part about this is this is allegedly not the first time that Marion has actually killed someone. When I went to the GoFundMe of Shaniqua Charnay Smith, I then was met with a whole story about how Marion tried to kill multiple of her exes. So the ex that she is being accused of killing before she killed Shaniqua is 19-year-old Azaria. So in January of 2022, police received a phone call from Marion saying that her girlfriend was unresponsive. Now, this girlfriend was Azaria. Now, she told police that they were sitting in a car. She tried to wake her up and she wouldn't wake up. Now, Azaria was pronounced dead, y'all. And later on, after an autopsy, they saw that she had injuries to her neck. So police quickly realized that this 19-year-old was strangled to death and Marion was a person of interest in this murder as well. They say she had just graduated from John Errett High School. On Thursday, deputies were called to the parking lot of an apartment complex on Mount Kennedy Boulevard. 26-year-old Marion Williams told them she and Hensley were sleeping in a car and she couldn't wake Hensley up. But an autopsy shows trauma to Hensley's neck and her death was ruled a homicide. Williams was booked on one count of second-degree murder. Hensley's family members say Williams was Hensley's ex-girlfriend and the two had a history. So she turned herself in and she was charged with second-degree murder. Now, I'm not knowing how Marion got out and was able to kill again and allegedly kill Shanika Smith, but Shanika's family is saying that she wasn't even really with Marion six months and Shanika ended up dead as well. Now, the even more crazier part about this whole situation is Marion is still out there. She has not turned herself in and police have not even charged her with the actual murder of Shaniqua. As of right now, they're just saying that she's a person of interest. Now, although police have not actually charged her with murder, they are charging her with disclosing nude images of Shaniqua. So police are saying that in recent weeks before her murder, Shaniqua and Marion had actually broke up. Police are saying that Marion posted nude images of Shaniqua on social media, and that's where her warrant comes in at. Now, I'm guessing that once they get her in for that, then they will start questioning her about the murder. But another thing that bothered me was if she had already killed somebody in January of 22 and was charged with second-degree murder, how is her even being accused of murder not instant for her to be taken in? Because my thing is, if she was out on bond for this murder, her even being accused of another murder should make police go try to find her even faster. Now, my heart absolutely breaks for both of these families, and there's no doubt in my mind, police dropped the ball. They should have never letting this girl out of jail the first time. And from what I'm gathering from all the posts I'm seeing on social media, she has tried to kill a couple of her girlfriends. Now, my heart goes out to the family of Shaniqua, and my heart goes out to the family of 19-year-old Azaria, who died last year. 
I always say I'm opposed to the death penalty for certain situations, but y'all, this is a stone cold killer. She has killed multiple people and she needs to be in jail. Yeah, that's crazy. And I mean, the fact that she's just still out and how does she even get out? Police say that the girl was with her mother this morning at a Futon supermarket on 37th Avenue. While in the store, she reportedly asked her mother to go to the park. Her mother said no, but allowed an acquaintance to take her daughter instead. That acquaintance, who the mother only reportedly knew for about a month, is the 75-year-old man seen in surveillance images holding the girl's hand in the grocery store. Police say the girl's mother subsequently could not get in touch with the man and called 911 around 1 p.m. Around 4 p.m., a good Samaritan spotted the little girl with the man in the Jackson Heights subway station just a few blocks away from the supermarket and flagged down officers in the station. The man was taken away in cuffs and remains in police custody at the 115th precinct. Police are questioning him as well as the child's mother and the good Samaritan who helped to paint a picture of what happened during the seven hours that that girl was. Now we know that the man in custody lives in the Harlem area, but we do not know his name or if he has any sort of a criminal history. We understand that he's going to be spending the night here at the 115th precinct and we will learn of any possible criminal charges tomorrow they basically send the mom trying to sell her daughter to this man at the grocery store which yeah i mean how do you just give your daughter to a man in a grocery store without you know and they go disappeared for seven hours Rachel Del Tondo's former student has been named the prime suspect in her case. If you don't know, in 2018, Rachel was a suspended teacher in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. On May 13th, she went out for ice cream with a friend, not knowing someone was following her. When Rachel was dropped off at her parents around 1045, she was shot 10 times right there in the driveway. But to understand what happened there that night, we have to go back to an incident two years before. The reason her millionaire fiancé broke off their engagement and she was suspended from teaching. That winter, in February of 2016, police found Rachel and a 7 17-year-old student here in a, quote, steamed-up parked car just before 2 a.m. Rachel told the responding officer that the high school football star, Sheldon Jetter, had just needed to talk. She said her fiancé would be angry if he found out, so the officer agreed not to file a report or press any charges. About a year later, in May of 2017, the police chief decided to, quote, file that report in case someone got wind of it. And then suddenly in October, it was leaked to Rachel's boss and the media, all sent in an anonymous email conveniently just days after her fiancé went to the station looking for more information. With that, Rachel was placed on paid suspension pending an investigation by the Department of Education. And within two months of said suspension, she got into a serious relationship with Sheldon's older brother, Bolton, the brother of the student she was seen with in that car. So, on the night Rachel was killed, we now know she actually got ice cream with Sheldon and Bolton's third brother. This seemingly did not go over well with Sheldon. You can see he texted his brother just 30 minutes before the murder, insinuating he was mad he wasn't invited. So, for the past five years, police have reportedly been building circumstantial evidence against Sheldon. They have GPS data, surveillance footage, and his history of stalking, but they cannot place her on Rachel's driveway that night. As of today, Sheldon is the only suspect in Rachel's case, and he's actually already serving life for the murder of his roommate in 2020. He shot Tyreek seven times, again, after going out for ice cream. Something about ice cream that triggers him. These teachers... I don't know how y'all mess with these little kids. These they're not on your level, man. Let's see. Let to be. Let 
to be fair, they probably get that from... Children inherit their intelligence from their mother, not their father's as scientists. Genes for cleverness are carried on the X chromosome and may be deactivated if they come from the father. Thank God that my boys got my genes. I'm just saying. You bitches want a corporate sugar daddy? Yes, you do, bitch. I'm about to show you how to get one real quick on accident, bitch. Learn how to tie a motherfucking tie, bitch. That's all you gotta do, bitch. Learn how to tie this motherfucking tie. Let me tell you one motherfucking thing. Bitch, if you learn how to tie a tie, do you know you will impress the fuck out of a corporate nigga? Bitch, you ain't gotta learn. You ain't gotta know how to do nothing else, bitch. You ain't even gotta know how to spell your own motherfucking dad, bitch. But you learn how to tie this motherfucking tie, bitch, and I guarantee you, that nigga about to take care of you, bitch, your kids, bitch, your baby daddy. He about to pay all the bills in the motherfucking house, bitch. He gonna ask you if you know how to do the Windsor, bitch. Just tell him, Oh, no, but I want to learn. Bitch, you ain't never even going to tie his tie. Bitch, but guess what? You going to have his money. Then they going to put you on motherfucking payroll. Bitch, he's going to be motherfucking impressed. And bitch, when you see him with a tie, just go up to him and just adjust it just slightly. Like you know what the fuck you doing, bitch. And when he give you that money, cash at me. Because bitch, I just gave y'all a million dollar motherfucking scam. I mean, I don't know who want to try this, but it seems like she's on to something. Please give your baby your surname. You carried a baby for nine months, gave birth, and will be responsible for that. I agree as somebody who made this mistake as a teen. Two things I did not expect. When it comes to school, if you do not share the same last name as the child, the staff may have questions, the students may have questions. It's not the biggest hurdle. A lot of people tend to understand, but people also judge. It has a potential to adversely impact your child's life in some way. Another scenario, say baby daddy remarries, and now your child has his last name, his new wife's last name, and his new children's last name. But the child spends majority of the year with you. I encourage many to boldly give their children their last name. That would be something I would go back in time for. Interesting. I mean, my boys didn't have my last name. I didn't really have trouble in life due to that. And really didn't care it what people thought. Because people get divorces. People move on. Michael effectively left the majority of his estate to girlfriend Omarosa. A fact which his friends and family found difficult to understand. I love the brother, but he got caught up in what that whole Hollywood thing is. Why he changed his will, I have no idea. Everything in that home, what's going on, Rosa? I couldn't believe that. Next time you fix your mouth to tell me to be quiet, you'll think again. When it came to women, Michael, Michael could kind of, you know, be easily swayed. Michael Clark Duncan, renowned for his roles in movies like The Green Mile and Armageddon, passed away on September 3rd, 2012, leaving behind a void that was deeply felt by his loved ones. Amid the grief, a series of events transpired that would cast a shadow over his memory, from accusations of his fiance allegedly having something to do with his demise to Hollywood's role in the tragic incident. Michael's sudden transition has been plagued with more questions than answers. Now it looks like Michael's family has revealed everything that led to the actor's unfortunate demise. So what exactly did they reveal? For starters, Duncan's early years were a tapestry of security jobs in the sprawling expanse of Los Angeles, woven alongside his attempts to break into the acting scene via commercials. In this period, he found himself in the role of a bodyguard, shielding luminaries of the entertainment realm like Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, Jamie Foxx, L Cool J, and the notorious Big. Duncan's entanglement in the security business took an intriguing turn following the unfortunate demise of Biggie in 1997. His decision to distance himself from this line of work was shrouded in speculation. 
fans questioned whether his exit was a result of witnessing something amiss within the industry's shadows, or if it was the overall atmosphere of anxiety that prompted his departure. Could this be another instance of Hollywood's darker side casting a long, unsettling shadow? The progression of Duncan's journey within the entertainment realm was anything but conventional, commencing with minor roles that often confined him to the depiction of bouncers, such as in productions like Bullworth and A Night at the Roxbury, he slowly eked out a foothold. However, the trailblazing moment came with his role as Bear in the grand-scale cinematic spectacle Armageddon. This marked a definitive turning point, thrusting Duncan into the spotlight. Yet, it's important to question the cost of this trajectory. Was his ascent the outcome of his undying passion, or a calculated result of his compliance within Hollywood's demands? The rapport Duncan cultivated with fellow cast member Bruce Willis during the making of Armageddon played a pivotal role in shaping his journey. Willis's influence propelled Duncan into the breakout role of gentle giant John Coffey in The Green Mile, directed by Frank Darabont. Was this a genuine mentorship or an illustration of Hollywood's intricate web of connections at play? Duncan's subsequent recognition, including an Academy Award nomination for Best Actor in a Supporting Role and a Golden Globe nomination for Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role in a Motion Picture, raises questions about the true motivations behind these accolades. Were they bestowed upon a talented actor or were they part of a larger narrative scripted by the industry? Duncan's foray into subsequent roles traversed action-packed spectacles and comedic ventures alike, cementing his presence across genres. However, his portrayal of Kingpin in Daredevil in 2003 carries a different shade of complexity. As he assumed a character that traditionally embodied a different ethnicity, Duncan's transformation involved gaining significant weight. The actor revealed that Hollywood allegedly forced him to gain so much unhealthy weight in order to get the role. I cleared up a refrigerator about $5,000 worth of meat. In addition to this, Michael had to do strenuous body workouts that probably left his body tired and stressed. He once talked about this saying, I had to gain weight. Once again, they wanted me to be a little bit thicker. The height wasn't a problem, but they wanted me to be more muscular. So I started doing my powerlifting regimen when I need to gain weight to build my muscles up. So I got to 335, almost 300. So that pretty much was that and that his family was questioning Armorosa being left everything in his will, which if you know of Armorosa, I don't see how anything would be a different outcome. That lady seems like she could convince anybody to do anything. I don't know about y'all bitches, but I would rather be the bitch that he cheat would than to be the bitch he cheat on. Baby, we are not the motherfucking same bitch. Side chick me, bitch. And before y'all say, oh, side chicks is just pussy. Ah, wrong again, bitch. Wrong again. The ones that's just pussy is the ones that he never get caught with, bitch. See, niggas get caught when they being sloppy. And niggas get sloppy when they like a bitch. And when niggas like a bitch, it's probably because he's seen some potential in her. And if he's seen some potential in her, then, bitch, he realized that she had more to offer than pussy. Bitch, the side chicks is way more than what the fuck you think. And please don't think that man is not funding her because he... He motherfucking is. We ain't just fucking your nigga for no reason. Please believe it. And granted, side chicks come with pussy, bitch, you do too. But we also comes with peace and motherfucking pleasure and serenity and bitch. All the shit that you failed to provide, bitch. And then when we're done with him, we send him back home to you. So we're the reason you still got your man. Yeah. So y'all can pause the screen to read this, but to sum it up, it basically says you should do a background check and a deep 
100% support this. Listen, I was seeing this guy for about nine months. And when I say he was super available, available for dates, for phone calls, late night text messages. Hey, it's raining. I don't feel like being alone. You want to hang out? He'll come hang out. We'll play spades, whatever. He was available. I don't even know why I did this, right? Because he told me he didn't do any type of social media. It was fine. Like, I really didn't get any, like, blaring red flags. But just on a whim, since he didn't do social media, before we went, like, further with the physical intimacy part, I took his phone number. I plugged it into truepeoplesearch.com. His address came up. Clicked on his address. And the address listed everyone who lived in that house. And there was a woman who lived in the house that was two years younger than he was. I took her name, took it to social media, input her name on Facebook. Her profile comes up. And there's this goofy sitting in the Christmas picture with the matching pajamas on. Not only was he sitting with this woman, but they had three kids, three kids under four. So I didn't say anything to him. Couple days pass, he hits me with the, hey lady, I'm thinking about you. No, sir, you don't need to be thinking about me. You need to be thinking about that lady that you've been impregnated three times. At this point, you need to go ahead and marry her. Can't trust. And he probably was available all the time because she wasn't thinking about him because if he's available, but I behoove you to do background checks on these people, especially since it's so easy now. Like, y'all got to know if these people on the registry. Like, that's what gets on my nerves. You got an app for every show you want to watch in the world, but no app to tell you everything you need to know about a person. At this point, we should be able to do that, especially when you're dating. Y'all be safe out there. Is it in yet? Is signing off. I'll be back tomorrow.